Making It Happen by Sims is a brand new podcast bringing business, people and technology together. Available now on YouTube, Spotify, Apple and all your favourite podcast platforms. Learn more about the creators behind the podcast at sims.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Well, hello again, Subcon Show listeners. It is I, Nicole, from Chatty Hatter, and we are doing Chatty Hatter's podcast, That Engineering Chat, with our, um, well, in association with Subcon. They very nicely asked us to come along and chat to some influential, interesting people, leaders in industry, and just just really um, anyone that can help you guys out there that might need to come to a show like this or possibly have missed a show, 7th and 9th to June, these will come out afterwards, and have missed some nuggets of gold, and so we're going to give them to you in bite-sized chunks through our little podcast show. Um, So... Yeah, my third chat of the day. Very excited. He's already given me some great strategy tips on things not so engineering, but we might get to that later on. Um, But I'm delighted to introduce you to Andrew or Andy Hipgrave, and he is the International Logistics Manager at Birmingham Chamber of Commerce. Hello. Hello, Andy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And it's very nice to see you. Very happy chappy. That's what we like here. We are. We're, someone called us the, the happy chatters once, but we're, we are the chatty hatters. But maybe we should be the happy chatters because we're a happy bunch. Absolutely. <laughs> so why are you here today? Why are you at Subcon? Tell me why you're here. Um, I've actually come along as a speaker, um, yeah. but also to see what's going on here. The nature of the business at the Chamber involved, obviously, um, includes manufacturing, so from that perspective, the Midlands has got a lot of manufacturing base. Um, so from that perspective, um, it's good for me to be here to see what the new businesses are actually coming out with, technology-wise, innovation-wise, and obviously not only to see what they do, but also to educate them, to let them know how the Birmingham Chamber of Commerce can actually help them. Yeah. Um, so whether that be globally or locally we could normally point them in the right direction if we don't help them directly and you've got quite a lot of experience in this haven't you yes indeed <laughs> um, <laughs> you know i know you've told me told me but for those that are listening you know sure. talk a bit more about your sort of background and experience oh, in these I've areas got, i've got some 20 years um experience in international logistics both um parcels uh, and um b2b um so from that perspective i've lived in the states and uh, in portugal and in Hong Kong, so I've got a global network to, to pull upon. And obviously, during that time, um, the experience, I just want to pass that on, really. So by working for the Chamber, I give them an, an operational uh, level of expertise that can help most of the businesses that they've got. And if I don't know the answer, we normally know where to go, so that that's really important for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, there are some very strange ones, you know, that all kinds of businesses that we help. So... We can help right across the board, really. So whether they're a small SME, right up to multi-million pound businesses, um, we help them on a regular basis. 
And you're going to be doing a talk or presentation on Thursday, aren't you? So today, for those that don't know, it's Tuesday. Yes. Um, you're going to be, so it's nice to see you today on Tuesday. But when people hear about this, well, when they hear you, you will have already done that talk, so you can tell us. Okay, so... so <laughs> you don't need to do the whole presentation, the, but the you big, can tell The us. big secret's out then, the okay. So basically, my talk will be about supply chain. They asked me to do uh, 2030, that's the title of it. So I'm not Mystic Meg, but they just said, can you just <laughs> help us a little with what potentially might might look like then? And obviously... Um, That's a big ask. It is. And I was a little bemused thinking, how, how am I going to tell them what's going to happen? And what are the lottery numbers for Friday? Yeah. And so, but obviously things have changed so much recently. Um, there is a direction now, and obviously it's a global market and globalisation, everybody was talking about that. But I do feel, um, because of the pandemic, etc., that people have been forced to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good thing in my, from my perspective, in that there are so many things that are happening from the UK globally now. So I'll be talking about free trade agreements. Where should companies look to sell their goods? Mm-hmm. What are the new avenues that they can go down where are the new products coming from and can local manufacturers get involved you know what's going on globally so it could be anything from the french olympics that are currently putting out tenders now for for businesses here mm-hmm. that manufacturing can get involved in in construction it can be the new rail network in sweden or it might be um, B2C e-commerce from into the States or into Australia or New Zealand. And we have, obviously, free trade agreements, new one, relatively new ones with Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Mexico, you know, huge things going on there automotively. So it's a, it's a case of really engaging with the companies and, in some cases, educating the companies yeah. to say there's a big world out there and there are big opportunities out there and we can hopefully point you in the right direction and get them excited to, to look at that. So I potentially would go along with an international trade advisor from the Chamber of Commerce and say, I don't know, tell me what your plans are for the next three years. Yeah. Strategically, what do you want to do? And quite often they say we'd like to export, but then if I ask the next question, where? No idea. So that's the what we're trying to do is generate that interest, get some engagement with the businesses and really get them to think about what they can do and then help them do it that's the that's and that i mean that's that's really positive and proactive rather than reactive what are the common problems that companies are having though what are some of the more common problems that they're experiencing at the moment in your opinion well a lot of them a lot brexit is blamed for a lot of issues that Mm -hmm. have happened um a lot of issues that happen actually aren't always as is put in the media um, the UK's problem. Sometimes Are you saying the media is not always correct? They do tell little white lies occasionally, <laughs> or they sensationalise these things a little. Sensationalise, that's a very, very good term, yes. yes. But yes, please continue. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> they've, they've been known to tell fibs, is, mm. is the best way to put it. But ultimately, quite a few of the things that are happening um, for businesses, um, there are simple solutions yep. for. So, a uh, perfect example, not necessarily manufacturing, but take e-commerce, for example. Um, there's a new system out called iOS, 
many, many companies don't know what IOS is. Yeah, what it, is IOS? I keep seeing IOS everywhere. What right. is it? Okay, so it's something brought <laughs> in um, by the European Union. Yeah. And it was brought in to create a level playing field for e-commerce into the EU. So before, they were saying lots of products were going in there from China, cheap products that were going in. And they weren't... It was an unfair uh, playing field because um, they had an advantage because it's cheap manufacturing in China, that right. kind of thing. So they, all the European countries got together and said, we need a system to tax this, anything that's coming into the EU, so it's le- a level playing field. So what they did is they brought in this scheme. So what it means is that anybody that's selling from a website into the EU, um, they would need to register for IOS. IOS stands for Import One Stop Shop. Does and, it? And it's a tax system. So basically, um, if you're sending things to Belgium, for example... The tax there is 21%. Mm. So what IOS is, is that it charges the in-country amount of VAT mm. and it pays it to Belgium at the end of every month. So you pay your bill at the end of the month for the tax and they pay the Belgians their, their amount of money. So, right. But because all the countries in the EU have different tax rates, so it's 90% in Germany but 27% in Hungary... You need to reflect that in both the price and the label of the goods that are going there. So it is a little technical, but it can be solved very easily. So a lot of companies that don't use IOS are are thinking, oh, it's it's too expensive to sell to Europe. It's too expensive to send the goods there because they're getting all kinds of charges because they're not registered to IOS. So from that perspective, they just need education, really. The larger companies are doing it now. A lot of companies have decided to actually move their goods and try and set up in in Holland or France or whatever it might be. So they've got a distribution centre there as well? Some of them do, but actually a lot of them don't need to do that. A lot of them could easily just send their goods from from the UK, but just under IOS. The goods would get there as they would have done pre-Brexit, and they were still sending them there then. So they've kind of given up on some of the marketplaces. I mean, Germany Germany is a huge market. When you consider e-commerce-wise, Germany's five times the size of the UK market. Wow. And you've got companies doing really well in the UK, mm. and yet they're not including Germany as a potential marketplace. So it, it, it's, it seems strange to me. But That's I think, a massive area. That, like you say, it's educating, isn't it? Yeah, it is about education in, and, in the most part. And how can, you, how can you, I mean, obviously shows like this, great, you talking, talking to us, talking to other people. You know, how else can, pe- can we get this education out there to businesses? Well, th- that's part of the role from the Chamber of Commerce, yeah. you know, in the, and, and Department of International Trade as well. So there are international trade advisors. But um, to my mind, I wish, I wish there was a way that we could, could um, get the information out there easier yeah. than it currently is. Because it isn't straightforward in some cases. And, um, and it is only ignorance or lack of education that stops a lot of businesses doing much better than they could or yeah. or ignoring markets completely and it seems um, strange that in this day and age that they don't have that information to hand and it does it is something that came up earlier actually with someone was saying it's like kind of it, there's two things that are stopping either fear or owners and it's just an old way of thinking and there's you know everyone's needing to catch up a bit and speed up a bit and you know it's we never ever expected what's happened over the last few years. There's been so much, hasn't there? I think it's taking people a little bit more time to adjust, isn't it? But you don't want to you don't want to miss out. <laughs> Absolutely, no. I would agree with that. The, the people are they're protecting their businesses rather mm. than expanding their business. Yes. And I think oh, we've just got to stay in business and just deal with the UK and then not worry about the rest of it. Whereas 
um, realistically, it's not that difficult. Yeah. And with the right guidance, they can really do well. Yeah. And if you said to a company, you know, um, I can help you treble your turnover, how does that sound? Most of them would say, yeah, we'd love to do that. Hey. I'd like you to talk to me, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Can, you, can we have that chat after this, please, off the record? Well, how could, I mean, you talk about the greater Chamber of Commerce, because it's obviously you're from Birmingham predominantly, but the, there is a greater group. That's right. So Birmingham Chamber of Commerce consists of six different chambers of commerce. Okay. And we work collectively in some areas, although we've got our own individual goals as well. Yeah. We work collectively and that helps in uh, levels of expertise in particular things and also um, generating um, inter-business relationship as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really good from that perspective. So um, it it works quite well at the moment. So there's a great pool of resources. And how is there anything there that we've not covered off? Other ways that you can help? Yeah, there are quite a few things. I mean, the the, the chamber are involved or help with uh, Innovate UK, mm-hmm. which is another way, which is a fantastic uh, establishment that helps businesses that have got innovative ideas, uh, either technology based or otherwise. They can get specific grants uh, and funding to, to help them do wow, that. Wow. Okay. Which is really good. I mean. Um, there are other funds from DIT, for example. I don't know if you needed your website translating into Japanese yeah. and have it and having held on a on a Japanese server, they can help with all that. The documentation that the chambers do, so everything that's sent abroad, and that's particularly with engineering as well. Um, they need documentation, and the chamber actually has its own documentation. Um, Translators department as wow, well. Wow, God! So, so we can issue and make sure that your your stuff's all right for customs, um, and that you've got the right paperwork so it doesn't get held up. Because that's one of the biggest concerns is mm. that people say, "Oh, it's going to get stuck," and we mm. don't we don't want it stuck in customs for weeks, or you know, we're going to lose that customer. So if you've got the right documentation, there is no reason why it will get stuck. Or even if you go into um, something like this that we're at today. Um, there's one in Berlin in October. If they want to go over there to that trade show, how do they take their goods there? They need a carnet if they're actually taking parts of their goods. And a carnet is really a passport for their goods, if you like. Yeah. So we're not bringing this to sell it. So we don't want to pay tax on it. We're just bringing it to show people. Yeah. And then we're going to bring it back with us. That's, a, that's what a carnet does. Right. Uh, and they can get that from, from the Chamber of Commerce. Um, and in most cases, much cheaper than they can get it elsewhere. So it's really about helping them do practical things like that. So, and if people want to find out more about the Chamber of Commerce, I mean, they literally just search you up, do they? They absolutely do. Is it that simple? Yeah, no, they can go on the website. The website's really interactive and very helpful, so they can can put their questions there. You know, they can call the the Chamber directly if they need to. I mean, you give your mobile number out now. (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, your phone's already, your, your watch is already blinging all the time from the kids checking on your, yeah, you know, on is. your steps. So you don't need any more phone calls, do you? No, I, I could, I, less <laughs> phone calls would be good. Just, just email me. I'll, I'll get back to you. But that's great. So there's, oh, that's an amazing support. That's brilliant, isn't it? So yeah, it's really good. I mean, the the amount of support that we give is excellent. The amount of exports that, that we did last year w- was fantastic. You know, um, from a Chambers perspective, well, I helped directly with £25 million worth of exports last year. So it does happen if we get involved. We can help you, you know, make it happen. So um, from our perspective, you know, there are trade missions. There's a trade mission going out to Singapore later in the year. So there's all kinds of things that they can get involved in. It's just about engagement, really, is how much they want it. 
And will you be walking around a bit talking to people about that today? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, it's just, again, engagement is to find out what they do. Most of the businesses here today, I've already had quite a few chats. Yeah. I, I don't know what they do, but I know that there must be, there is normally a, some kind of way Need. that we can help them in some way. They, yeah. mi- they might be perfect, but very few companies are perfect. And a lot of it can be just down to real basic things, you know. And even if they don't know that they need you now to know that they might need you in the future it's important isn't it and also it's quite nice seeing people face to face isn't it it is really it's nice it's, to be it, at an exhibition it, absolutely that's one of the, the better things after the last couple of years definitely is having that interaction it's Sh- shaking somebody's hand that's a rarity uh, I know and if you need a rest between any of your steps today yes. you're very welcome to come and sit back on my boho chic sofa well when I get to my 10,000 I'll be taking you up on that <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it has been so nice to talk to you, Andy. Honestly, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on that engineering chat at Subcon today. Have an amazing show. And um, yeah, just, just thank you for all your help you're giving to companies and businesses alike. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you.